Well, good morning. Good to see everyone here this morning. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Life. And if you're a guest, welcome to Radiant Life. If you're a part of the church family here, glad to see you guys here as well. And uh, did you guys have a good 4th of July? Yeah, some. Anyone shoot off fireworks? Yeah, well, hardly anyone did, really. Anyone? You know what I love about Michigan now? Outside, it's the greatest state ever, and it's got the greatest football team ever. Um, <laughs> is that... <clears throat> Where am I going now? <laughs> is that we can shoot fireworks off when they used to be illegal, right? Those ones that go up in the air and explode the real fireworks we can do now, which is really fun. So I hope you guys had a good fourth, good extended weekend there. We're on a summer teaching series together titled 10, and we're looking at the big 10. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're just kicking the tires and you just don't know about this God thing and, and you're here and you're just wondering, what is this thing? We've all probably have heard of the Ten Commandments. Somewhere, somehow, we've seen them. You've seen them in courthouses. You've seen them get destroyed at courthouses. We've heard them. And here's a list of these Ten Commandments that we've been going through. We're not going them in order. Because again, if you're like, this one's really boring. I'm going to skip week 10. Right? So we're just going all over the place. And they, this is shorthand. No other gods, no graven images. Do not misuse the Lord's name. Keep the Sabbath holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not lie. Do not covet. And you open up God's word, the biblical text, and you go there, and the first book of the Bible is what, friends? Genesis. It literally means the beginning. So you have Genesis, and then the next book is what? Exodus, it's the exit out of Egypt, the 430 years of slavery that God's people were in under Pharaoh are exiting that. And all of a sudden, in that second book, you find all of this. And this morning, we're going to jump into commandment number three, do not misuse the Lord's name. This is, in fact, my favorite one. I think for a lot of us, we may be living this one incorrectly. And what I mean by that is, well, we're going to find out what I, exactly what I mean by that. But as we discover, we always are asking the question, why do they need it? Three, over 3,000 years removed from this situation that God gives his people, why do they need it? And in the 21st century, how does this even relate to us today? So we're looking at a contemporary relevance also through this. But I want to read to you exactly what commandment number three says. Do not misuse the Lord's name. It's found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. It says this, you shall not, what friends? One more time, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who, what? Misuses his name. Now this is coming from the 2011 translation of the NIV. I think they got it better than some of our older translations that we have, and we're going to unpack that. But if you grew up in church, you knew this commandment. You, this probably says you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in what? Vain. So, so many of us, we understand that. And the 2011 translation of the NIV got, I think, and we're going to unpack that, a little better usage of this commandment. And for many of us, we see this, and we sit there and we go, I, I know what that means. It means don't say God's name in vain, right? Don't say 
oh my God, that's violating that commandment. Isn't that it? To which I will argue this morning, that's part of it. It's not the entirety. And I think there's a deeper meaning with that word misuse or taken that we're going to explore this morning that will hopefully bring this commandment, do not misuse the Lord's name, even greater context for us today. Because for many of us, we're like, hey, just don't say, oh my God, don't say that. And I would absolutely agree. As followers, if you're a follower of Jesus, we should not take God's name lightly. What vain means is like there's an emptiness, there's a hollowness to this. And God's name is heavy, it's weighted. He is the creator, he is all-knowing, all-powerful. So we shouldn't just flippantly walk around saying OMG all the time. And yes, as a follower of Jesus, please avoid that. Absolutely avoid that at all costs. But there's so much more richness that happens with God's name that we're going to understand. So my question is, what does that commandment really mean? And in order for us to discover that, we got to jump into Exodus chapter 19. So turn with there if you've got your text or got your tablet. Exodus chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 3. So it's really quick into Exodus chapter 19, and I will set up the story for you. 430 years of slavery in Egypt. 24-7, day in, day out, Brick after brick, getting whipped, seeing violence all the time in Egypt. And God finally sends a guy by the name of Moses to lead them out of that slavery and into what God's going to call the promised land, the land of Canaan, the land flowing with milk and honey. It's going to be great. It's where God intends his people to dwell and be. And we're going to find that God's going to have a conversation with Moses up on a mountain and this is the conversation that begins in Exodus chapter 19, verse 3. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, and this mountain is Mount Sinai, so God called him and said these words. This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. So immediately we get that scene, Moses and God on top of this mountain, and God is saying, hey, Moses, this is what you got to tell my people. All right, all those descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are all down there. My people, the people of Israel, they're not known as the Israelites yet. They're still known as the Hebrew people. And you got to tell them this. Because remember, their entire identity has been in Egypt for four or to five generations of slavery. And God is taking them out of there. And this is what God tells Moses to say to them. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt. And how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me, what are those three words? A what? Okay, one, one more time. A what? You'll be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God's giving them to Moses to tell the people, this is your identity. Your identity was that slavery and violence for 400 plus years, and I'm taking you out of that, and I want you to all know 
that violence and everything that you saw back there, you are now my treasured possession. You are to be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I am setting you apart from what your experience was in Egypt. And for us, we look at that and say, what in the world is a kingdom of priests? But for them in the ancient world, they got it like that. And here's why. They just left Egypt. And in Egypt, they're known for these pyramids. They're beautiful, right? One of the reasons why I desire sometime to go to Egypt is so I can see this. But do you know what this represents to the Egyptians? They're tombs. This represents death. But we want to go and see them, don't we? (laughs) But it's beautiful. So when we think of Egypt, we think of this. We often don't get this picture. This is a picture of a a temple that worships an Egyptian god. And in their worlds, 430 years in Egypt, they not only did they see pyramids, but they saw temple after temple after temple. 15, over 1,500 Egyptian gods and goddesses. That the Israelites, the Hebrew people, are just indoctrinated for 400 plus years. And God's taking them out of that. And in the Egyptian world, you had a priest that stood there and interceded on the God's behalf to the worshipers. So really quick, I need three volunteers. I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't think I will, all right? But just come on stage. Just come on up. I need three volunteers. Who's going to go? We got one. That's one third of the way there. We got two, three. How come, here's interesting, I've noticed every volunteer in second service is, tends to be children or teens, right? Adults, we need, you guys are awesome, by the way, so thanks for coming up. All right, I need one in the middle and one over there and one right there. Good. Up, oh, a little more, right in the middle. There you go. A little further, a little further. There you go. All right. So God tells Moses you're going to be a kingdom of priests. And again, for us, 21st century, we're like, what in the world is that? And again, remember, 400 plus years, they've known Egyptian temple worship and gods and goddesses, over 1,500. And here is an example of what the Israelites, what the Hebrew people would have been indoctrinated with. This represents the worshiper, Ethan, right? Yes, Ethan represents the worshiper. This would represent all of you going in the ancient world to worship in Egypt. Mason or Micah? I always get you guys messed up. Micah. Micah is the priest, okay? Micah is the one that you're going to go to as the worshiper. You will come to this temple and worship, but you're not going to meet with the handsome God. He's the God. (laughs) The God of cowboys or something. I don't know, but... He represents the God. So when you as a worshiper come into the temple, you don't get to meet with the God. As a worshiper, you meet with the priest. And the priest is the mediator of the God. So when you come in as the worshiper and you're hanging out with the priest, it's like you are meeting with the God. The priest represents the God to the people. Does that make sense? You know what's awesome that the priests, 
Then, when, after um, the Israelites get to the land of Canaan, the promised land, the land flowing with milk, 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 and honey, um, when they get there, God tells the priests to wear the color blue. So turn to your neighbor and say, go blue. <laughs> I got you, Notre Dame fans and state fans. There you go. No, this is, this is one of the reasons why you see blue everywhere and you see blue on our signs. It's because they represent, God tells the people, you're to wear the color blue. You're a priest. So the priest is the message of who the God is. So the worshiper comes in, offers sacrifices, and the priest is like, this is awesome. And the worshiper thinks they're meeting with God because the priest is the hands and feet of the God. How cool is that? And so when God says, you are to be a kingdom of priests, they understand what the priest's role was. They understood that the priest represents the God to the people. And they got it. And God is sitting there telling them, listen, you are the what? You're the message. You're my representation on earth. You're the message. So God says, you used to be slaves, now you are my treasured possession. You are to be that kingdom of priests, a holy nation for people. You are the message. So when people come to try to worship or people come and interact, it's like you guys, it's like they are interacting with me because you guys are doing my work. Hey, can we give these guys a hand? I actually have treats, all right? There you go. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You are the message. So Moses and God are up on that mountain, and when God says, you're, the, you're to be the kingdom of priests, he's telling, you're the message. You're the message. Now let's look at these commandments again. No other gods, no graven image. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. That's the context for this. God sets that up that way. You are the message. You're to be that kingdom of priests now. And now let's look again back into number three to give us a better idea of what this commandment is. Can we read this commandment together? Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. Let's read it together. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So again, for some of us, our translations in our Bible still say take. When, uh, yeah, take, or it may add in vain whatever's there. But here's the deep meaning of it. And again, you look at this commandment, where does it say anything about our speech? This commandment focuses on the name of God. And this is so awesome. The Older Testament's written in Hebrew, and this word misuse or take, whatever your translation says, is the Hebrew word nasah. Let me hear you say nasah. It means to lift, carry, or bear up. It's the idea that you are the message. You carry the name of God with you. You are the representation of who God is to people. And this is why this, this commandment can almost read, don't take it lightly because you carry God's name, so represent him well. It's not just saying OMG all the time. It's how you live your life. That's what matters. 
And it's like this basketball jersey that says the message. And notice the color. Blue. You are the message. It's like you are wearing this basketball jersey and on the front it says the message because you are the message of Jesus to people. And on the back of a basketball jersey or any jersey, up between the shoulders, what's normally there? Last name of the player, right? But for followers of Jesus, you carry Jesus' name on your back. You represent Jesus to the world. And as a follower of Jesus, you don't get to choose if you're communicating a message or not. You are. We don't get to choose that. You carry the name of Jesus. So what do people see when they look at you? I love the way this is put. Well, some of us may say, you know what? This whole idea is an older thing. It's found in the Older Testament. Peter writes this in his letter. A disciple of Jesus writes this in the Newer Testament. After Jesus is already in heaven, he says, but you are a chosen people, a royal what? There it is again. Peter's using the same language as what God did to Moses on Mount Sinai. You are to be that priesthood. A, a hoyle, a hoyle? <laughs> What's a hoyle? A holy nation, God's special possession. That's who you are. But then Peter writes, here's why. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful what? Ooh. You carry this with you. And Peter says, you remember what it was like when you did not have this and you were in darkness and you were lost and Jesus found you and rescued you and now you're walking in the light. This is what you carry now. So carry it well. And you know what's awesome? We still have people in our spheres of influences that are walking in darkness, that are lost, that are hurting and broken, and you know who they are because some of them, they're family members, they're neighbors, they're your coworkers. So be Jesus to them. Be Jesus. I love this. You bear the name of Jesus to one another. Can we read these last three words? Carry it well, we have a group of teens leaving this afternoon to go to Never the Same Camp, NTS. And so if you're here, they're leaving about, what, 2-ish, 2.30, 2 o'clock, whatever. If you're here as a teen and you're going to NTS, will you just come up on stage real quick? That's right. Uh, leaders too, Pastor Josh said, leaders can come up. Uh, Pastor Josh, how many do you have going total? Uh, 26, students, 26 students, six leaders that will go. Um, you're in the middle, so you get to hold the jersey. <laughs> That's what you get for being in the middle. 
hey, I, I want to talk to you guys real quick because some of you, I, I was talking to Pastor Josh, half of you have never been to NTS before. Half of you haven't. Half of you have, so you know what to expect. But here's the thing. As you go, you're going to get on that spiritual high. You're going to leave NTS all fired up about Jesus and your walk with faith, in faith. But for some of you, you know what it's like to get back home and not get plugged in again, go back to school, and your faith starts to just wear out a little bit. I want to remind you of that right there, that you bear the name of Jesus to one another. Carry it well. Not only are you guys going to go and hang out with a bunch of other teens from other churches down at Taylor University, but you've got leaders there too. What you do on that campus will matter. Is it about you finding other relationships with other girls from other youth groups that are cute and you like? Why'd you look over here? <laughs> or opposite, is it the cute boy from another youth group that you're, you're eyeing or whatever? But realize, you are representing Jesus. So carry his name well. And it may be difficult. It's difficult for us sometimes to always do it well. But I'm going to challenge you at NTS. Remember who you are and who you represent. You represent Jesus. So go and be radiant there. Have fun. Grow in your faith when you're there. But please have fun. You guys sound good and have fun. Carry it well. All right? Here's what I want to do. Y'all got to get in the middle. I got to take a picture of y'all holding that jersey right there. All right? So some way, somehow, organize mass chaos right now. All right, is my phone right there? No, see, I come down here. There we go, squeeze in, squeeze in. And then we're going to pray for you guys, all right, because you guys are leaving. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ladies man, are you? All right, yeah, scoot in on the corners a hair bit. All right. Yes, smile. You represent Jesus right now. You better smile. All right, on the count of three. One, two, three. Awesome. Hey, stay right there. Can we pray for these guys as they leave for NTS in about three hours? Let's pray for them. Father God, I just pray for all these kids that are going out to NTS. I pray that first and foremost, they make significant progress in their faith journey and their walk with you. I pray also as they worship you, as they have fun and play games and here teaching, God, I pray that they would remember that they bear the name of Jesus. May they carry it well, even at a young age. And God, will you just use the leaders? Because I know the leaders get tired as well. And the kids will get tired later in the week. I just pray, God, for their safety. I pray for wisdom. I pray that they would get good night's sleep if that's possible. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming up. Thank you. So it leaves us with a question. The question is, followers of Jesus, do we remember you bear the name of Jesus, carry it well? And I want to say this. If you're not a believer and follower of Jesus, and you say you Christians are hypocrites, you're right. We don't always get it right. We don't always carry it well. 
but it's a great reminder to carry it well. And I want to apologize first and foremost to those people that say, I can't stand Christians. I apologize to you. We don't get it right all the time. But every day I want to wake up trying to say, Jesus, can I be like you more and more today? So it leads us to a question as we wrap up. What message are you communicating? If you're a follower of Jesus, you are carrying a message. What message are you communicating? What message are you communicating at work? The way you treat your coworkers. What do they see when you are interacting with when they're interacting with you? What are they seeing? Are you lifting up your spouse greater and greater? Are you being Jesus to your spouse? Do you have enough patience with your kids that your kids look and see you or your grandkids and nieces and nephews and they fall more in love with Jesus because they see you? Do they do that? What message are you communicating by the way you dress? By what you do at the restaurant and how many beers you decide to chug down? And the way you interact with your neighbors that all annoy you. What message are you communicating with the way you live your life? Which could lead us to a second question. What message would you like to be communicating? Because you can see that this is the message that I communicate now, and I, I don't like it. It's not very Jesus-y, and I, I put my faith into him, and maybe I'm just not hitting it out of the ballpark with the, my life, but what message, what does this look like? What message would you like to be communicating with your life? And then the question, the last question would be, is there a gap? Is there a gap with what your life is communicating with where you want your life to be communicating. And for many of us, we're living right here in this gap. And we gotta close the gap. So turn to your neighbor and say, close the gap. Turn to your other neighbor, because they didn't hear it, close the gap. We gotta close the gap. And here's the beauty of that. That we serve a God who's a God of second chances and third chances and fourth and fifth and sixth chances. So when we get it wrong, Jesus in the book of Hebrews in the Newer Testament calls Jesus our high priest who intercedes for us. He gets it. And he's there to pick you right back up and say, well, do it again. And we stumble and we fall and we yell at our spouse or we yell at our kids and we yell at our coworkers who can't stand them and say, I didn't represent Jesus wrong again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God. And God says, that's all right. I'll pick you back up. Do it again. Close the gap. And I leave you with this quote from Pastor James McDonald of Vertical Church says this. The worst profanity is not a non-Christian who doesn't know any better saying, oh my God, that person doesn't claim Jesus and those words mean nothing to him. The greater failure is the Christian who doesn't represent Jesus well. My heart and prayer for you guys is that we bear the name of Jesus Carry it well.
the team's going to lead us in a song to be like you. It's all about more of you, God, less of me. So Jesus, Jesus, all I want is to be like you. We're going to stand and pray. Or I'm going to, you're going to stand. I'm going to pray for us, and the band's going to lead us in the song. I pray that it be heartfelt as we sing. So will you please stand and let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, right now, we can just feel your Holy Spirit just tugging on our heart where we need to close that gap. In a room full of this many people, it's going to be all over the place. I just pray, God, that we cry out more of you and less of me. That when people look at us, that they say, they see Jesus shining through, that we live a radiant life, that when people see us, that they see Jesus and we could be the only Jesus someone ever experiences. So I pray, God, that we bear your name well. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Jesus very well this week. Our social media, we can carry the name of Jesus on our social media. And I was lamenting this week about the fireworks being late and having to go to work the next day. And I did not represent Jesus well. And so, church, I confess that to you, but I confess that to our Father. And His Word says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us of our sins. He will cleanse us clean, cleanse us. He will make us right with him. And so um, I want to pray. We're going to receive our tithe and, and offering this morning. Um, I just needed to make it right. Our, our, our tithe and our offering is also a continued act of worship. And if you're a guest this morning, I am so glad that you are here. Um, feel free to just let the plate pass you by. It's not some sort of fee for coming to church this morning. It's literally just our, our continued act of worship this morning. And so, Lord, I confess my sin to you. That out of my flesh, I lament, and I did not represent you well this week. But, Lord, I want to pause. And I feel like there might be others that just need to pause for a moment, and they need to give something to you this morning. this offering as a continued act of worship. We want to surrender every aspect of our life to you. We want to carry your name well. Lord, you're not after our money. You don't even need it. But Lord, we just want to surrender everything to you. Lord, I 
am beyond grateful that I get to be part of a body, a movement of people who make you first in their life. And so, Jesus, I thank you for everyone and their faithful giving, that lives are radically changed here at Radiant Life, that we are beginning to shine a light in our community and surrounding area because of the hope and the redemption and the relentless pursuit of our life. And so, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the, the number on the back wall of the people who have surrendered their lives to you, the people who are uh, getting baptized and taking their next steps. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for that. And, Lord, we get to do that because people make you God first in every aspect of their life. So, Lord, we ask for wisdom and discernment with this offering. Help us to equip to share your message. Lord, we give you the, the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, as we go out to be a nation of priests, pray that the Lord would bless you and keep you, make his face shine on you, lift up his countenance on you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Now go be radiant and carry that name well. We'll see you guys next week.